This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Mike Darby. I'm a general assignment reporter at KYW News Radio, and I cover all sorts of things. But uh, some of the things I get to do are a little bit more interesting than the others, and this one was a doozy. So four years ago, a spacecraft departed Earth with a mission of finding an asteroid in outer space, and the whole goal here was for it to link up and orbit that asteroid, follow it for a little while, and collect a sample from the asteroid floating through space. So here in Philadelphia, KYW News Radio is in Philadelphia. Right across the river is Rowan University. Dr. Harold Connolly is a geology professor there, but he's also on the OSIRIS-REx team working with NASA. For the past 12 years of his life, he has dedicated countless hours to making sure that this mission is successfully completed. I called him up just a couple of hours before the spacecraft was scheduled to make contact with the asteroid and collect a sample. Sure, my name is Harold C. Connolly Jr. and I'm founding chair and professor at the Department of Geology at Rowan University. And on the OSIRIS-REx mission, I'm a co-investigator and mission sample scientist. This is a, a really exciting thing you're working on. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, it is an incredibly exciting day. 12 years of my life I have spent working on this project, and it's coming down to today. A few seconds of touching the surface of asteroid Bennu with the spacecraft OSIRIS-REx, which will collect up to two kilograms of samples today and bring it home in 2023 on the 24th of September for us to study the origin, evolution, and nature of material from the early solar system. Asteroids are like little treasure boxes. Well, not very little, are they? Sorry. (laughs) Um, And they have... Uh, preserved material that was formed before the planets were formed. And as everyone also knows, we don't quite understand how they move in space. And occasionally they have hit the planet, meaning Earth. And obviously they can cause some havoc. So by understanding better, which is one of the goals of the mission, how the asteroids move through space, uh, we can better predict their uh, potential hazard to Earth. And finally, of course, uh, one of the biggest questions in all of uh, philosophy, science, religion is the origin of life. And we will be looking for uh, prebiotic compounds that uh, we will be collecting with the sample and analyzing to better understand the origin evolution of life in the solar system, or at least on this planet. All right. So the, the whole idea of, you know, snatching a sample off of a moving object like an asteroid in space kind of sounds like to me uh, catching a fly with a pair of chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Go ahead. Sorry. How, how do you how do you do that? I mean, well, first, yeah, yeah, that's great. What do you do? That's a great point. Yeah, first you have to move your chopsticks around the fly while it's moving, and and orbit it, and then you can go ahead and collect it. <laughs> so we literally orbit the space. Uh, the spacecraft literally orbits the asteroid right now, and we have done so for a year now and it's no small feat the navigation team is amazing because the gravity of such a small planetary body literally is very very tiny and um, we have to actually be you know obviously thinking way ahead of time to calculate and program our movements around the asteroid which we have done to date flawlessly actually and we are in the guinness book of world records as as being a a spacecraft orbiting the smallest planetary body in the solar system (laughs) That's unbelievable. When this this project was presented to you and you were able to be a part of it, talking about you know the the thinking that you had as 
You're trying to digest what's happening and what you're going to do to help. Yeah, great question. So uh, I, I got on the mission or was invited on the mission in 2008, and my good friend and colleague, Dante Loretta, at the University of Arizona, whom I've worked very closely with for 20 years now, uh, was the deputy PI at the time. He's now the PI of the space mission, and he invited me to, to be part of the mission. And it was an opportunity, uh, basically, from childhood dreams to be part of a space mission. I remember very well the images first coming back from the Voyager missions, and I was glued to my television set here in South Jersey watching PBS, uh, and I still even have some old VHS tapes of, of the actual show. Um, and uh, it was an opportunity to really broaden horizons as far as my science working on meteorites and cosmochemistry of the solar system to bring it into uh, a real uh, interplanetary kind of exploration in space, not just by what I had done by looking at meteorites for my career, but actually going to asteroids. And it's a great uh, accomplishment for the whole team. It's been amazing. So does that answer your question? <laughs> I think so. I think that was a sufficient answer, sir. Uh, this, is this asteroid the same one that's scheduled to make contact with the Earth on Election Day? Is that a thing? Or no, 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 it's too far away. No, 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 it's not the same asteroid. And, and the, the prediction of asteroids actually coming to uh, uh, into close enough into the uh, gravitational pull of the Earth to be pulled into the, to the Earth itself, you know, we're still working on that calculation. And that's one of the reasons why we want to asteroid Bennu, as well as the Hayabusa 2, the Japanese space mission that wants to asteroid Rugu is to better understand their movements. So there is significant error in that. So don't assume anything is going to hit. <laughs> yeah, let's, do, you have, do you have any uh, any knowledge of that? Can we talk about that a little bit? Um, is there anything that we need to know uh, or sort of a myth that needs to be dispelled? But talk a little bit about what that means, uh, that one on the way, if you, if you can. Well, I, I, I have to be honest with you. I haven't really been following it because I've been a little busy right now. I'm preoccupied in life with something else going on, uh, which is our space mission, uh, as well as, of course, teaching my courses here at Rowan University. Um, so I don't actually know the specifics of it. But what I can say as a general construct for most of these predictions is it's not a straightforward prediction that actually uh, might hit the Earth at that particular uh ratio they give you, you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, for example, you know, 2,000 to 1 percent chance of it hitting or 1 million to 1. Uh, it's a probability of what it might hit as a window in space where it will encounter the Earth's gravity enough to pull it in. That's usually what the calculation is. It's not straightforward, just like the weather when they say it's going to be sunny and 72 tomorrow. It's not a straightforward calculation. It's something that's based on modeling and what we've experienced in the past. So that's the key point to always remember. So let's talk a little bit about the asteroid that you have been dedicating your life to. Um, what, what about it? Can you share, you know, facts-wise, the size of it? Is it at what speed is it traveling? or is it, it, What can you tell us about that? Oh sure. So the a great way to great way to look at the um, so for the size, a great way to look at it is if you put it next to the Empire State Building, it, it would be about another quarter taller than the Empire State Building. So that gives you a rough estimate of how big it is, right? And the boulders on the surface, we have one boulder that's essentially ten stories high. So that's the whole bottom part of the Empire State Building. I used to live in New York City in Manhattan, so of course it's a great reference point. Um, and the asteroid. 
wasn't predicted exactly to be exactly this, the way it is when we got to it. We had a big surprise because we had thought there would be a lot of smooth terrain on the surface with lots of fine grain, you know, inch, inch, few inches to less size particles on the surface. And when we got there, it was littered and is littered with boulders. As I said, some 10 stories high, big as buses and cars all over the place. Um, so it's a, it was a grand surprise in a way that made us say, uh-oh, we've got to rethink some of the uh, science we're going to do on the surface and how to better collect a sample safely. And for those who, uh, who are interested, the uh, asteroid is an Earth-crossing asteroid. Obviously, I mentioned it earlier. It's potentially hazardous to Earth. And it's on a plane that's inclined about 10 degrees from the orbit of all the planets in our solar system. Uh, and also was one of the reasons why we could get to it relatively easily with a gravity assist from Earth. Um, so those are some interesting uh, facts. It's, it's an asteroid that's active, which means it's not a comet. It is an asteroid, but it's popping off rock particles on a semi-regular basis, which was a big surprise to us when we got there. We had idea to look for something that might be like a comet when we got to uh, Bennu, but it doesn't have the same cometary activity. So we found something new and exciting, which was uh, really wonderful. In fact, some of the particles go up and go in orbit around the asteroid and fall back down to the surface. So it's really scientifically uh, an amazing exploration. How, how was it determined that this was the one to follow? How do you make that choice? Yeah, it's a good question. We, 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 had, we had a few options, about five if I remember correctly. And it was an issue of what is the highest science value for our mission's goal, which is, in fact, to look for volatiles and organic compounds uh, on a uh, uh, asteroid and a carbonaceous asteroid because they're rich in organics. And also comes down to a, an issue of one, can we get to it uh, relatively inexpensively, right? Because no space mission has infinite funds. So it has to be something where we can also do it within a certain cost cap. And this asteroid came up to the top of the list. How, how much does it cost to chase an asteroid? <laughs> uh, well, this is something like an 800-odd million dollar mission. So uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful uh, endeavor between NASA and partners such as University of Arizona, Lockheed Martin, etc. Wow, $800 million. That's no, no drop in the bucket for sure, but I'm sure that uh, if you had your choice, you could have come up with a couple other ways to spend a few hundred million more, right? <laughs> well, it would always be nice to stay longer and look for more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that's not what we're going to do. Yeah. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Mike Darty, and we'll have another episode out soon.